Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Tuesday, August 16th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data, in order to make one Moneyline pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember, good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, the A plays went kind of as I alluded to at the end of the show yesterday. You know, we had four of them, and uh, one of them was basically even money, the other three were plus odds, and kind of just said, hey, if we get two of them, then we we're up on the day on them. That's what happened with two and two. When you get a bunch of plus odds, that's a good a good thing. Uh, B plays went fairly well for the Yankees, which really cost us there. And you know, I talked about it the 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 curse of Sunday night baseball playing the next day, and I made the comment maybe their bats would lag a little bit. It's bizarre just how big of an effect that's that's had. We've been on the right side of most of those fading most of the teams coming off Sunday night baseball. Uh, this was the one situation where I, I kind of, you know, went against it and said, even though the model's accounting for that a little bit, I still thought the Yankees were the right side. And, uh, you know, they, they just, they look pathetic offensively. And uh, just the effect that that's having on teams this year is just crazy. You know, at some point, you know, you don't want to overreact and say, you know, they're always going to lose. I don't really, you know, it's, just, it's not a lot of data. It's a really uncomfortable spot. Uh Trying to trying to model this, where you know, if I were to just take the actual data here, you'd you'd have to give some crazy absurd effect. It, you know, it's like one team's playing at their home field, and it's playing on the moon. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's wild how that's played out. And uh, you know, on the wrong side of that one yesterday, um, uh, but I did uh, look through the numbers, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, last three weeks, and I and I cut off at three weeks. This is kind of a random number. If I go back an extra day, the numbers are actually better. But I just didn't want to say three weeks in a day, right? But last three weeks, A plays have a 17% ROI and last three weeks B plays have a 15% ROI. And that's, we've been talking about those B plays have, have come around and done really well. So those are picks to consider. A lot of the B plays are kind of falling there because the price is just a little bit too high to get into that really love category, but they're still worth a look. Uh, so those A plays doing great. The last three weeks been great all season, really B plays doing really well. Uh, also a lot of things I like today, uh, but before we get to those, some reminders, please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube, also, if you're yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides, share with a few others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And as a reminder, we've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. If you like to bet on the horses, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. You can check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. No afternoon games today, unfortunately. We'll get going here at 640 Eastern. First pitch, Padres at the Marlins. Yesterday's game, you know, 
for the most part, lived up to the billing. Musgrove gives up a few runs, but Sandy, again, fantastic. Again, like I said, I thought was priced pretty well yesterday. I needed a little bit bigger of odds to be excited about the Marlins, given how bad their offense is, but I thought the price was too steep to really enjoy the the play on the, on the Padres. Marlins pulled that one out. Today, I think, is a little bit different of a story. I'm actually comfortable back in the Marlins here. They have those plus odds that are a little bit more exciting that I was talking about wanting yesterday. We've got them today in a, in a game that I think is going to be kind of the undercard, even though it's the day after, to yesterday's game. Two really good pitchers, but I think, you know, a notch down, obviously. Edward Cabrera versus Sean Manai. I mean, Cabrera's been fantastic in his five starts this year. 205 ERA. The underlying metrics do think it should be a little bit higher than that, but obviously the kid is electric. Model gives him a 94 rating, so above average, and obviously the sky is the limit for this kid. His biggest issue is going to be length going deeper into the game and turning it over to a fairly terrible Marlins bullpen. Of course, the on the other side of that, the Padres bullpen isn't that good either. It's, it gets in a below average rating according to the model, and they'll throw Sean Manaya up there who's been awful as of late. A guy, Manaya who seems to be, it's, it's been kind of this way for his whole career, it seems like, can go on these lights-out stretches where he's just dominating games night in and night out. Can't wait for him to get the ball again. And then he has these stretches where he just looks completely incompetent. And he's in one of those right now. Now, we never know when that's going to end. So, again, always keep your units reasonable. There's a reason to be playing on an A play, right? He may turn it around. And against this Marlins offense, this is the exact right time to turn it around. So, if he has a good start, you know, I think we're all just going to kind of look at it and say, yeah, it's the Marlins. I mean, that's the way it goes, right? But he has looked bad enough that the Marlins finally score more than three runs for the first time since, you know, 1812, it seems like. I think we'll look at it and say, well, I mean, they got a guy who's really struggling in Manaya. So, I mean, I think we can kind of see either one coming here. And again, even if he's decent, unless he gives him a lot of length, the Padres bullpen isn't very good. So it's some question marks here pitching on both sides for different reasons. The only thing I feel really confident is the first however many innings that Cabrera's going to go. I really like him a lot. Of course, we'll be facing a pretty good Padres offense. So a lot of things happening here that balance out. That's why I like the Marlins. I, I, I try not to ramble, but that's why I like the Marlins at these plus 141 odds. A lot of things can happen. It's pretty good value here. On the home team at plus 141, model makes this game 129, so it thinks the Padres are more likely to win. They are a better team, absolutely. But the prices that we're seeing on the Padres are just a little too steep, and we've mostly seen that since their trade acquisitions. The model's kind of said, and I think we've kind of seen it out in reality, that the Padres are, are, are a good team, but the prices are just a little bit out of whack. And if you're blind backing them here because of new additions, you're paying premiums and it's not working out for you. I think it's another situation like that today. The Marlins are pass. Obviously, if you say, I can't back the Marlins, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think it's a pretty reasonable take, but the price is just too high on the, Mar on the Padres. I like them at plus 141 here. I like backing Cabrera, and I like fading Manaya right now. It's kind of been the thing that's worked. He's been pretty miserable. Total on this one, 7.5. Model says 8.2. It's tough with the Marlins. They don't score many runs. Again, there's a lot of things that can happen in this one. In general... I tend to think maybe this is the time the Marlins actually score some runs. That bullpen's terrible, and they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of innings for them. But it's not an over that I think is one that I feel extremely comfortable playing. Even though seven and a half is a low number, uh, I can see it being low scoring. So it's a total that models is over. I don't know, maybe I guess I think there's better total investment opportunities and just better overall investments than that one personally for tonight. Just because there's a lot of variability with a lot of what's happening tonight. Which again, to summarize, kind of why plus one forty one. 
is is a decent play here on the Marlins because I don't really know what's going to happen. So plus odds is good. 640 Eastern start time, Phillies at the Reds. This one will start off in the upper 70s, close around 70 degrees. Slight chance of rain early, probably not going to be too much of a factor. Winds will be blowing out to start around 10 miles an hour, kind of dying down as the night goes on and maybe even shifting across. So we have decent hitter weather early on, but that's kind of going to minimize as the game goes along. As it gets down towards 70 degrees, ball's not going to fly as much, wind dying down, shifting across. So it's kind of more likely to get some runs early on, at least according to the weather on this one. Model says total of 9.5. Total actually is 9.5, so it's really well priced. If you can get over 9, that makes a lot of sense, but at 9.5, I think it's pretty spot on. That's where I'd put this one. Kyle Gibson versus TJ Zook. Gibson, 429 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say that's exactly where it should be. As he's a pretty league average pitcher here. Of course, the Phillies will have a massive edge on offense and relievers. And, of course, still is the starting pitcher because as average as Gibson is, Zook is not. He's only pitched one time this season. Bottom line for him, though, is taking all of his other data into account. He projects to be fairly poor. Phillies are the side in this one at minus 180. It's a pretty decent price. It's a B-grade pick for me. Model says minus 184. As long as you're kind of minus 190 or better, I think it's an okay investment. As it gets closer to 200, you start saying it's either a lean or a pass. If it gets over minus 200, I think at that point you really just have to either look at the Reds and say maybe there's some value there or just walk away from it completely. At minus 180, I'm okay backing the Phillies. Uh, it's about as high as I want to go for a B-grade pick, though. Like I said, minus 185, minus 190. I'm still okay playing it. just drops a letter grade. Minus 200 is when it really starts getting questionable as uh, the premium you're paying. But, I mean, the Phillies are the right side here. They have an edge everywhere you look. They're a much better team. We've backed in the Phillies a lot. It's mostly worked for us. I don't see why we shouldn't back them again today against Cincinnati. 7.05 Eastern start time, Cubs at the Nets. I mean, a game yesterday that we just said would be bad baseball ignored. It's one of the few games I didn't see a single pitch of yesterday, and I probably will have the same thoughts tonight on this one. Mid-70s to start around 70 degrees to close. A slight breeze blowing in around five miles an hour for most of this game. Justin Steele versus Patrick Corbin. I think your angle on this one is just how bad is Patrick Corbin? The model says he's bad. He gives him a 109 rating. Um, again, he does have that 70 RA, but I say it every time. He's not that bad according to the advanced metrics. I don't know. Maybe he is. Uh, I mean, the underlying metrics say his ERA should be in the mid four. So things haven't gone well for him. How much of that is just some bad bounces and some just the wheels falling off type stuff? Um are the, is the Cubs offense good enough to, to keep that going? You know, a lot of times when the wheels have fallen off for him, it's been against a team like the Braves or a team like the Mets, uh, a team like the Phillies, you know, teams with competent offenses and the Cubs offense isn't that good. Now they do get a boost in left-handed pitcher, uh, being that they are fairly right-handed heavy. So I don't know. I'm really on the fence on this one. That's why I said kind of my goal in this episode is to give you some things to think on. That's what I think on this game. Just how bad do you think Corbin is? I don't, I think it's just about the ERA. I would encourage you to look at some of the other factors, the underlying metrics, you know, WHIP, XFIP, FIP, XERA, Sierra, all those other things, whatever you're comfortable looking at there. It's kind of a big question mark to me. I, I think it's Cubs or pass. I, I couldn't back the Nationals. I couldn't back Patrick Corbin here unless you got a crazy, crazy price that isn't what we're seeing right now. Model for this one says Cubs minus 151. I'll be on the Cubs at minus 160 with a lean. It's not a pick that I like. I, the premium is just too high. We are having to pay a premium here fading Patrick Corbin because everyone wants to fade Patrick Corbin. So we are paying that. And it's, it's not something that I'm, I'm really excited to do at this price, but I think it's a side I'd rather be on because 
it's just hard to know exactly how bad Patrick Corbin is at this point. Again, model gives him a 109. Go, my encouragement to you on this one is go look at the starting pitcher database I've got. Scroll down. You have to go away to find the pitchers in the 109 and see where Patrick Corbin is. And if you see you think he's worse than all those guys, that tells you maybe you think he's actually a little bit lower than that. And if he is lower than that, in your mind, then maybe you think that the number should be higher than 151. If you think, no, he's still better than those guys, as bad as he is, then maybe and maybe you pass on this one and, and, and you don't want to pay the premium for the Cubs. It's kind of my thoughts on this one. Like I said, I'll be on the Cubs at minus 160. It's just too steep of a price to really like. Again, model thinks minus 151. If I could get minus 150 on the Cubs, I'm a little more excited about that. That's probably close to a B-grade play, uh, minus 150, but at minus 160... Uh, it's, it's just not that exciting. It's going to be bad baseball, so it's going to be easy to not watch this game. Model says go under the total of 8.5. Model says total of 8, but in bad baseball, I feel like totals are really hard to peg because you just look at it and you say, Corbin gave up 8 runs by himself. Cubs relievers can give up eight runs by themselves, but you look at the Nats offense being so terrible. It's like maybe the Nats don't score and the Cubs offense isn't that great. So it's just, there's just so much bad baseball here. It's really hard to get a feel for it. And model says under, I don't really know. It's not a total that I would play with Patrick Corbin involved because at some point he might actually have a decent start. And if he does, then under is going to be the right call. But if he doesn't, you're going to really regret being on that under show. It's kind of a game that I think for the most part, the way it's priced right now, my personal take is there's better investment opportunities on the board. One of those better opportunities is this one here, 705 Eastern start time race at the Yankees. In New York, it'll be upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. Slight breeze in at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Model says total of 7.7 or seeing number of 7.5. So it's a pretty well-priced total at this point. Jeffrey Springs versus Nestor Cortez. Springs had a solid season, 256 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be in the low threes. Gets an average rating. He's sometimes struggled with depth going deeper into games. Um, again, not quite as good as Eddie Ray, but a solid pitcher, very respectable pitcher. Versus Esther Cortez, who's having a fantastic season, 267 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics do have him more in the mid-threes, but it can give you a lot more length than Springs, which is a very valuable thing here. Motto says Yankees minus 179. I'm on the Yankees at minus 165 with an A-grade play. I think they bounced back from yesterday. And as I mentioned yesterday, the only reason yesterday wasn't a more confident play was that coming off Sunday Night Baseball I was a little concerned about that. But here, now that we're an extra day removed from that, I think the Yankees are the side we want to be on here. And, and as I mentioned previously, I've mentioned this a lot, anytime there's a Yankees edge, we want to jump all over it because the model for the most part has said the Yankees are overpriced. And so anytime the model doesn't say they're overpriced, it's been extremely profitable for us. Thus, it's an A-grade play. I'm not that excited about minus 165. I was hoping for a little bit better for an A-grade play but again Yankees edge that's got a decent bit of space between what the number should be and what we're getting in my opinion that gives it an A grade for me like I said minus 165 is good enough hoping for better but good enough for an A grade again as the model says it should be more like minus 180 not much else to say other than I think the Yankees can bounce back again they've got a better offense than the Rays they got better relievers than the Rays they got a better starting pitcher than the Rays and they're at home I mean, they're not as bad as they've looked lately. I know that people are down on the Yankees and trying to say, you know, the Gallo thing or, or you know, they've lost a couple headers. But, again, even without those couple headers, their offense is still a lot better than the Rays. Um, last night, again, the wonky coming off of Sunday Night Baseball thing, I think they can actually score some runs tonight and they get it done. I think minus 165 is pretty good value for the, for the Yankees, which is rare. And so since it's so rare, we want to jump all over it. Another play I love here at 7.05 Eastern, Red Sox 
against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. It'll be mid-70s to start, upper 60s to close. A slight breeze blowing across, so no wind effect. Slight chance of rain. Probably not going to affect things too much as it doesn't look extremely likely. Nick Pavetta versus Mitch Keller, both very average pitchers, ERAs in the fours. Both of them have underlying metrics that say it should be more close to four than in the mid-fours. Both guys are solid, okay pitchers, you know. Pitch you have no problem throwing out there. Not great, but okay. The difference is that once you get past the starting pitchers, the Red Sox have massive edges on offense and the relievers. Always talk about the Pirates bullpen. You can always count on them giving up some runs. Keller's probably not going to go nine, which means the Red Sox are going to score some runs late, and that's going to help us out here. It's either insurance runs or it's difference-making runs. Red Sox at minus 132 is an A-grade play. I love the Red Sox. Here model says it should be minus 148. I'm okay backing bad teams. I think y'all have seen that. I'm okay backing teams with massive plus odds, and I'm okay backing the Pirates. We've backed them several many times before. For some reason, as of late, the books are treating the Pirates like they're better than they are. They're a terrible team. And again, I don't mind backing terrible teams if we get the right odds to justify those prices. And I'm not saying the Pirates can't win tonight. Baseball is weird, and we would have seen much bigger upsets than this just in the last week, just in the last day. But... You know, this Pirates team is really bad, and I, I just don't – I'm all about getting good value. And, again, I don't mind taking really bad teams if the odds are there, but I want to get those big plus odds and say, hey, it's probably not going to win. But if it does, it's really going to help out our bankroll. And I want one of those plays It's like, hey, we're only going to win this 40% of the time. But if we win it 40% of the time, it's great value for us. Anyway, I'm looking at this. I'm saying, you know, Pirates at plus 122, I'm like, how how could you convince yourself to back? And it doesn't mean the Pirates won't win. It just, they're a really bad baseball team. The Red Sox are decent. Uh, these This number is way too short, in my opinion. I, I love the Red Sox. And, and like I said, that doesn't mean they will win. There are no locks in gambling. But this price is way short for a decent team that's much better on offense and much better in the bullpen. Then the Pirates, anything go on the road and get the job done. Minus 132 is an A grade play for me on the Red Sox. The game of the model thinks the total is priced very accurate. It says 8.4, and the number I'm seeing is 8.5. Orioles at the Blue Jays got another big plus odds winner with the Orioles yesterday. I don't know. I feel like a broken record here, but the Blue Jays are overpriced. I know you are shocked to hear it. Uh, probably the second least profitable team in baseball. Um, I think the only team that's really done worse relative to what the books have expected is the angels, but the angels obviously haven't had as big a prices. I mean, when you've lost in the angels, you've lost, you've lost a lot of course, but if you've lost in the blue Jays, you've lost on a lot of big minus odds and lost a ton of money and, and, and they're overpriced again. And I don't know. I, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of betting on baseball and is, is just kind of figuring out who's priced right and who's not and writing that and then kind of being getting off it when the prices adjust that's why I built the model to help us figure out when the prices have adjusted. And I keep waiting for them to adjust the price here on the Blue Jays. Keep waiting for it on the Mariners. Keep waiting for it on the Guardians. Keep waiting for it on some of these teams. It just hasn't happened yet. And so we're just going to keep riding it because now when it, when the prices adjust, we're going to go the other direction. But they just, I don't know, they haven't done it yet. So as it is, we're going to be on the Orioles again at plus 198 here. Model says it should be Blue Jays minus 168. Again, Blue Jays should win this game. They're a better team still, I think, than the Orioles, or, or at least, you know, they're at home. But much better pitcher tonight, uh, but this price is just crazy. It's it's Orioles or pass, I think, is the biggest thing I could communicate to you, that minus 220 in the Blue Jays is just crazy high, again, where the model says it should be minus 168. A lot of value on the Orioles. It's worth a look here. 
to see if they can pull the upset. The price here on the Blue Jays is just way too high. It doesn't mean they don't win. It just means you're paying a massive premium on the Blue Jays, and I don't think it's worth the investment whatsoever. Manoa, of course, a pitcher I like. 256 ERA. I know that metric says she'd be about to run higher, but he's still really good. Kremer is just an average pitcher. So, I mean, the Blue Jays have the edge there. Relievers-wise, the Orioles have the edge. Offensively, of course, the Blue Jays do have a better offense. But again, against right-handed pitching, it's just barely better than average. Still better than the Orioles and still at home, which is why I think the Blue Jays should be favored. They just shouldn't be favored like this. So I'll be on the Orioles. Hope they can pull it off. Model says to go over again. Total of 8.5. Model says 8.9. I think 9 is the right number for this one. I would go over 8.5 personally. Manoa is a really good pitcher. He probably does give up a run or two. The relievers probably give up a run or two. Orioles probably can get three or four runs. Uh, Blue Jays probably get three or four runs. It's probably, you know, like I said, a kind of think like a 4-4 game late. Again, Blue Jays probably have an edge. Blue Jays are probably more likely to win this like a, in, in the 5-4 to four range. And the Orioles got a shot, though, and if it's 4-4 late, I'd love plus one. I'd love, I'd love. If you can tell me right now, guarantee, say this game's 4-4 in the eighth inning, I would say sign me up because with the Orioles bullpen at plus 198, we got a good shot. Uh, I think there'll be some runs in this one. There's been a lot of runs in this series. Hitter-friendly ballpark. Uh, Manoa's good, but I don't think he's quite as good as Eddie ERA is. Again, better than Kremer, but not enough to justify this price. This price is almost treating Manoa as if he's Verlander. If he's Verlander at this point, I'd say that price probably makes a lot of sense. If he's Otani, if he's DeGrom, that sort of thing. But he's he's good. He's just not that good, in my opinion. He's not at that, not at that level. So if there's value on the Orioles there, again... We'll see if they can pull it off another upset. So the Eastern Short Time Tigers at the Guardians. Yesterday's games kind of went like we thought. Guardians got the win in game one, like that value there. They had a ton of chances to really run away with it and didn't until the end. And that second game, like we said, just kind of a who the heck knows type scenario. Tigers got the win there. But today's game feels more like game one for yesterday in that the pitching edge belongs squarely for the Guardians, just as it did yesterday in Game 1. Savali yesterday, pretty average. Zach Plesak, also pretty average. Average pitching against this Tigers offense should have success. Savali had success yesterday. I think Plesak will have success today. I think it's still below average pitcher here for the Tigers and Garrett Hill, just like Hutchison yesterday. Like I said, this profile is a lot like Game 1 yesterday. The Guardians are the right side. They should be massive favorites. The only question is just by how much. I think the price is a little short, but not enough to really go you know full hog on it here. Minus 205 is a B-grade pick. Model says 219. It's just too steep for an A grade, but I think the Guardians are worth a look and a small investment here, if, if nothing else. They're the much better team. Um, edges everywhere. Like I said, it's not like that second game yesterday where I just didn't know what the heck would happen with those starters and bullpen-ish type games. Uh, today's a different story. Plesak ought to be solid, give us a good six innings. Guardians should control this one from the start, and they should be able to win. Model says go under yesterday's game one. It said to go under, and that was right in game two. Again, it said to go under, but I told you yesterday, like I didn't know about that because the whole reliever bullpen type thing. That one went over. This one says go under again. It's another game I would go under. The Tigers, I don't think, score many runs here in this one. Model says 7.1 for the total. And you can go under 8. If you can get under 8, I think it's a pretty good investment. 7.5, probably would go under, but I like under 8 a lot more having that push protection. There is a little bit enticing. We'll have a wind blowing in at about 10 miles an hour. Uh, it'll be a chilly night for the most part, especially towards the end. Mid-upper 70s to start, but closing around 70 degrees. So the ball's not really going to fly in that part tonight. Um, not that I think Garrett Hill is that good. Guardians should score some runs, but this feels kind of like game one yesterday. Guardians win four to one type thing. Again, under eight would be 
worth a look. And like I said, Guardian's price is high at minus 205, but the model thinks 219 is the right price. So even low twos, I think, is a pretty reasonable investment here on Cleveland. 720 Eastern Short Time, Mets at the Braves. Took a chance with those plus odds yesterday on the Mets. Did not work at all. They lost about 500 to nothing, I believe, was the final score tonight. We're going to try the same thing and hope it works out. Plus 132 is an A-grade play. I think these two teams are a lot closer than what the books are indicating. I don't I don't quite understand. Like, I, I, I thought we all kind of knew the Mets were good. Um I think the Braves should be basically favored by home field advantage. I just don't know why the Braves are minus 143. And the Braves won yesterday, and like I said, I think it's Mets or pass. And Jake was on here yesterday, and he said kind of the same thing. He thought the Braves would win. The price was too high, and he was going to pass. And I said, hey, I, I get it, right? I think it's the same thing. Mets or pass. And I've got an A-grade play on the Mets, but if you, if you think, you know, you don't want to fade Morton and you pass, I don't think that's crazy. You know, just because I have an A-play on it doesn't mean, you know, you can pass on it. Um I just think the price is too high on the Braves like I thought yesterday. I don't – Braves are good. Mets are good. Both these teams are good. Uh, starting pitcher-wise, like uh, Morton is – the model thinks Morton's better than Walker. I, I, are we sure about that? I mean, y- y- you look at the the ERAs this year. You know, Walker's no better on the ERA, but uh, like I'm always telling you, I, I kind of talk about the ERA just because I know that's a thing that we all talk about. But uh, the ERA doesn't go into the model whatsoever, right? It's not predictive. It does a decent job at telling you what did happen. It's not doing a great job at telling you what will happen. The underlying metrics for these pitchers, though, Walker's been a little bit better. Morton projects better going forward, but that's just because of previous year's data. Walker's had injury issues, and Morton's had injury issues. I mean, the model gives Morton a better rating, but I'm not convinced right now, if you give me both these pitchers, which one I'd have. I I feel like it's a toss-up, like... I think peak Charlie Morton is better than peak Taiwan Walker, but Morton's been pretty volatile. He's getting a little bit older. Like, I don't know. My, my point is just, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know which one I'd pick. I think it's a real toss up. I think it kind of depends on like kind of like one of those, which idea close, you know, which are you going this way or this way? You know, I, I think both these pitchers are pretty even. The bullpens are pretty even. Braves bullpen's fantastic. Mets bullpen's fantastic. Mets offense is better. I mean, I know the game's in Atlanta, but I don't know. The plus 132 just kind of blows my mind. It's an angry play for me in the Mets. I think it's a coin type game. Maybe the Mets pull it off. I think both pitchers are good. I think these are two good teams. Everything's good. This should be great baseball to watch, and so I'll take my chances here in a, in a coin toss type situation at plus 132. Model says go over. I said go over yesterday, and that worked because the Braves scored again 500 runs. Model says total of nine. The actual total is eight and a half. We're going to have a wind blowing out in Atlanta tonight, five to 10 miles an hour, blowing straight away to center fields. It'll be fairly warm to start mid eighties, closing at mid seventies. I'm not sure I love going over eight and a half with these two starting pitchers. Model thinks the offenses are good enough to score some runs. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's not really warm enough in Atlanta for me to just say, yes, the ball's going to fly, but it is a little bit warmer. It's kind of a tweener. It's it's either I'd go over or I would pass. And if you said the pitchers are good and you pass, I think that's a pretty reasonable choice. So it's kind of an over or pass, but I don't know. I think the total's a little bit scary. Like I said, I think the Mets, though, just make a lot of sense here with these massive plus odds in a, in a coin toss type game. 740 Eastern, a not coin toss type game, in my opinion. Royals at the Twins. It'll be upper 70s to start, around 70 
degrees to close. No real wind effect. It should stay under five miles an hour. Zach Grinke versus Sonny Gray. Grinke just gets an average rating, 429 ERA underlying metrics, say maybe a tiny hot bit higher than that. Sonny Gray, a solid year, 333 ERA underlying metrics, say it should be slightly higher. But, I mean, Gray's a better pitcher than Grinke at this point in their careers. Their Twins bullpen is better. Their offense is better. Royals offense, not terrible, and gets a slight boost facing your righties. They're pretty left-handed heavy, but the Twins are just too much to overcome here at home. Model says it should be minus 197. Bottom line, if the number for the Twins starts with a 1, I'm comfortable playing it at minus 188. It's a B-grade pick. Kind of a B-grade pick up to about 190, maybe low minus 190s. You get higher than that. I'd still be on the Twins, but it drops a letter grade, and over minus 200 becomes where you start questioning if you should just pass or not. I like these numbers here in the upper ones rather than crossing over the 200s from a mental standpoint. And the Guardians are at minus 205. That's kind of like as high as you want to go from this theory. But the theory being, if you can get these like minus 188s, the minus 195s, those type numbers, it's not this simple. It's just from a mental standpoint. I kind of like to think of it as that's the easy way math math. Because I, I do a lot of math and a lot of the math is done in on the computer for me, right? You know, the calculator, but it's real easy to wrap your brain around this one, which is if you're, if you're laying minus 188 and you do those same odds for a three game series, if they win two out of three, you've still profited. If you're laying minus 220, you have to win all three to profit. And it's not that simple and it's more about long-term and whatever. It's just, it's kind of a mental thing to wrap my brain around that. I like, I like this number here again, as long as it starts with a one, I think it's a solid play. Twins probably win two out of three here, right? Against Kansas city. If they sweep, it's even better, but it's hard to see them doing worse than two out of three. They got the win last night. I think they can get the win again tonight. They've got edges everywhere. Grinky's kind of the only hope for the Royals to stay in this game, but I think his Twins offense is good enough to hit him around. Again, he's just average at this point in his career. Model says go over eight. Model says 8.4. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's not a total market I'd be invested in. I think the Twins win, but I don't really know how they win this game. Like, if Grinky kind of keeps them in it and the Twins win 3-1, to one, I don't think I'd be surprised. If he gets a little more high scoring, I don't think it'd be too crazy. I don't think I love going over 8 personally. Model says might maybe go over. I think the main play, though, just focus on the Twins, and this one is a total market that's not extremely enticing, in my opinion. There's nothing that really jumps out to me, weather-wise, park-wise, pitcher-wise, that really says, oh, here's a, here's a great angle on the total. 7.45 Eastern Start Time, Rockies at the Cardinals. Relatively chilly here in St. Louis. Low 70s to start, upper 60s to finish. This one, no wind effect as it'll stay under 5 miles an hour. Two lefties on the bump, Kyle Freeland versus Jose Quintana. Freeland, a little bit better than that 484 ERA, probably inflated because of pitching in Coors for half of his games. Quintana, 337 ERA, and that's about where he should be. Quintana's a better pitcher here, of course. Not by a ton, but by a little bit. Cardinals relievers better, Cardinals offense better. Rockies offense does get a bump facing the lefty, and that's why they have a chance here. If the if Quintana had the same numbers as a righty, I'd be more confident playing the Cardinals at this price. As it is, I think the price is too high to get that excited about. I think it's a pretty well-priced game. Models is Cardinals minus 219. So plus 200 on the Rockies isn't enough value to, to, to really enjoy, but minus 225 is not a price that I think is worth an investment either. For me, this game sits squarely in pass territory. I'll take the Cardinals here because I'm making a pick on every game. It's part of the gimmick here. If you force me to choose one, but it's not a pick that I really think right now has a lot of value. If the number comes down, you can get 
better than minus 220 in the Cardinals. Maybe it's worth a small investment then. If the price really jumps on the Rockies, at some point the Rockies have value. Again, they hit lefties better than they hit righties, and so maybe they're worth a chance. But at plus 200, it's just not high enough. Cardinals are a much better team. The Cardinals should be favored here. It's really just about the premium and how much you're paying. I think minus 225 is a little high, but I'd rather be at minus 225 on the Cardinals than I'd be at plus 200 on the Rockies. But again, a game I think is priced pretty well. One of the two games that's priced pretty accurate, I think, today on the slate. Model says total should be seven. The actual total is seven and a half. I probably would go under seven and a half. You got two decent pitchers here. Cardinals offense is pretty good, but again, it's going to be a chilly day in St. Louis, and that park does not play friendly to hitters unless it's really warm. We see St. Louis as a tale of two parks. When it gets to be in the 90s, upper 90s in that park, the ball flies out of that park. But tonight, starting in the low 70s and closing in the 60s, that park plays very pitcher-friendly on the beginning and end of the seasons. And it's not quite the end of the season. It's still August, but temperature-wise, this is a, uh, it's going to feel like a fall night there. Ball's not going to fly at all, so I think they're going to be runs going to be at a, at a premium. They're hard to get, so rather than playing the Cardinals, I think the under might actually be a smarter investment here. I don't see a lot of runs happening, and this one feels like a a, a three to two type ball game. Eight oh five start time. A's at the Rangers. Rangers firing their manager yesterday, getting a massive two to one victory as they played. Well. I guess yesterday, I don't know. Uh, another game I didn't watch any of. Another one tonight I'm not going to watch any of. Bad baseball here. Uh, talked about this as well on Twitter. Uh, teams that do well when they fire their manager, often because they fire their manager because they've been underperforming. And so it's not that they do better with a new manager. There might be a little bit of like, that guy was a jerk and I'm playing harder. But I mean, for the most part, for the most part, now baseball's a long season. So there's like these blips in the long season of you're just not quite focused. And I, I get that. I only made it to the college level, but even playing college ball, I felt like it was a long season. I can't even imagine playing 162 games. But in general, professional athletes are trying their hardest because they want to go get paid and they're fighting for a job. And especially guys on these teams, there's not there's not there's very few of them on the Rangers who, you know, have a spot and can just kind of coast, right? There's only a couple of them, and those guys have played okay this year. So I don't really see the Rangers getting a bounce. They get the bounce, again, not because of anything massive there other than just like they were underperforming and they were, I don't want to say they were due to start playing better, but they were going to start playing better because they weren't as bad as they looked. It was just some bad luck, right? We saw that with the Phillies earlier this year, maybe a little bit with the Blue Jays even, you know, bouncing back and playing a little bit better. Again, I still think they're overpriced, but, you know, firing their manager and they, and they get better. And it's like, maybe their manager was bad, but like, the manager doesn't have that much of an impact on the game. Like, very, very, very small. Like, the biggest impact the manager would have on the game is if he bats the worst hitter in the two holes. So maybe the White Sox, you know, maybe that's an issue with LaRusso, of course. But otherwise, manager doesn't do that much. Like, the Rangers were kind of a mediocre to bad team. I still think they're a mediocre to bad team. And I don't think changing the manager changes a single thing about them. If they start playing better, it's probably just random variability. They weren't very good to start, and they're not going to be it's not. It's not like they were a... It's not like they were the Phillies. They were a decent team playing really bad. It's like, hey, we got to like change something up, which I don't know. I think had they probably kept Jordy, probably would still start winning for the most part because they were better than that. Um, the Rangers don't have much better to get to. Um, so I'm not really buying into them playing any better. They barely beat a crappy A's team last night. They only scored two runs off of Caprillion, who was terrible. Tonight's game, I feel kind of the same way about as last night's. Just not really much interest in watching. There's no line right now. We haven't confirmed, I believe, the starter here for the Rangers. They're bringing up 
Kohei Arihara um, to pitch. The model treating it as a bullpen game, which might actually be generous. Uh, his numbers um, in the minors this year are fairly bad. J.P. Sears will get the ball for the A's. A pretty solid pitcher um, so far in his eight major league outings. Underlying metrics are decent. Say his ERA should be in the mid-threes. Uh, problem is the rest of the A's is, are, are bad. I mean, it's just bad baseball here, like we talked about yesterday. We'll see what the numbers. Maybe there's value on it. And if there's value on it, I think it's a little bit more exciting. Model says it should be Rangers minus 116 with a total of 7.7. Um, Rangers should be slight favorites because the A's are really bad. But Sears against a rough starter for the Rangers. I mean, the Angels definitely have a chance in this one. But, again, it probably should be. It should be a competitive game, but it's bad baseball. And like I said, there's much more fun things to watch. 18 Eastern Start Time Dodgers at the Brewers. Ryan Pepio versus Brandon Woodruff. Pepio, a 392 ERA in his five outings. Underlying metrics, though, say it should be in the low fives, as he's pretty below average at this point, and a guy who's not going to give you a lot of depth. Massive starting pitching edge for the Brewers here in Brandon Woodruff, which, of course, is what they need, given that their offense is a lot worse than the Dodgers. But Woodruff is a guy I really like. 352 ERA, underlying metrics say it should be in the low threes. I like Woodruff a lot. This Brewers bullpen's decent, not as good as the Dodgers. Dodgers offense is really good, and the Brewers offense, like we talked about, I talked about it yesterday. I liked them. I really like those plus odds with the Brewers because you didn't know if their offense was going to show up. Guess what? They didn't. And that happens with that offense. I mean, they get shut out a lot. That offense is just so hot and cold. And it didn't happen last night, but at those plus odds, it was worth taking a chance on. The edge today against the Dodgers is still pretty large, in my opinion. Model says, model again, model giving the Dodgers, trying to give them all the credit in the world, still can only get to Brewers minus 122. So the Dodgers should not be favorites in this game whatsoever. In reality, it's probably the number should be higher than that. Brewers minus 110 is a pretty good investment, in my opinion, and it gets a B-grade pick. It, it gets a B-grade pick for almost the same reason that yesterday's got an A-grade pick, which is you just don't know with that offense. And Pepio's a guy they should hit around, but that offense can just disappear, and it makes it harder to give an A grade to. Edge-wise, it definitely is approaching an A grade, and if this gets even better towards even money, you'll start saying, yeah, it's probably an A grade territory, but it's harder to give it that extra unit around even money or as favorites when I don't know if that offense is going to show up, and it's easier to, to throw a little bit more on, in my opinion, when they're plus odds, because at the plus odds, again, the payout is more, if it's more 50-50, it just, their offense tends to just more 50-50 chaos. And so at plus odds, that 50-50 is good. At minus odds, that 50-50 is bad. That offense doesn't show up, it's going to be a massive pitcher's duel. And again, I like Woodruff, but if this game is 1-1 to in the 7th, I'm not excited about that because the bullpen edge goes to the Dodgers and the Dodgers have a better offense, right? We need the Brewers to score early in this one and coast. So we don't need a pitcher's duel. We need Woodruff to do his thing and we need the Brewers to score. And I just don't know if they are. So I, there's an edge on the Brewers. I think they're the right side. I would not be backing the Dodgers here. The price is just, and I can't, I just can't. I, I don't know how you could get to this number and think the Dodgers are a good investment other than you're just blind backing them. And so that's fine. It's just, that's not... I just don't see how you can say the Dodgers are more likely not to win this game given the massive pitcher discrepancy here. But uh, how comfortable you are with the Brewers is a massive question mark. I'm not that comfortable with it given their offensive votes. So I said that's why it's a B pick. It's, it's a good edge. It's worth a look. But I just think there's other plays that I like more than this on the board today. So somewhere between that like and love thing here with the Brewers, like I said, Woodruff's really good. It's just we just don't need to get into a pitcher's duel. Pepio's bad and the Brewers should score, but that offense is just who knows.
Model says total should be 8.9. The total is actually, so the model would say go over again, though, with that Brewers offense. Who the heck knows if, you know, they should score off Pepio, but I, I think a pitcher's duel is more likely than not. So even the model says that it's not a total that I think I would touch. Model says go over, but I don't think I could do it personally. Um, just knowing that Brewers offense might score 10. And they've done that at times, and they might score zero. I don't know what I'm getting with them. I, I just think there's better places to put your money tonight. 8-10 Eastern, Astros at the White Sox. Game of the night here, the one you should try to find on your television screen if you can. Justin Verlander versus Dylan Cease. Two of the three real contenders for the AL Cy Young, along with Shane McClanahan. Both of these guys with ERAs in the upper ones. Both of their advanced metrics say they should be about three. So both of them... Not as good as that ERA, but again, very, very good pitchers. Model likes both of them. We all like both of them. Both of them have had fantastic results this year. Should be a great game to watch. Of course, once you get past the starting pitchers, Astros bullpen, Rafael Montero aside, better than the White Sox. Offense for the Astros, better. So that's what gives the Astros an edge. I'm comfortable backing here at minus 120. It's a B great pick. Model says it should be Astros. Minus 126. As good as Cease is, Verlander can absolutely match it. And again, the Astros offense is better and more likely to eke out a run than that White Sox offense is. Model says total should be 7.1. So at 7, it's a stay away for me. It's always uncomfortable going against Cease, but it's just as uncomfortable going against Verlander. And like I said, I think minus 120 is a little short, so I like the Astros here. Yesterday's game I thought was well-priced. Astros had a lead early, lost it late. This one, though, I think is a little bit short. I think the Astros offer some value here with a good pitcher like Verlander on the mound. A game that will be relatively nice weather-wise, mid-70s to start, low-70s to finish. Winds be blowing more across than anything, but it might shift a little bit out by the end of the night. And that's, again, why the model thinks under isn't a lock here is that by the end of the game it'll be about 10 miles an hour it'll be across to right or out to right if it's out that might give us some late runs but in general um like i said i think the totals will stay i think seven's a pretty good number it's not a seven that i say should be six and a half let's go under these two pitchers are really good but the offenses are decent enough to get some runs here so it's not you know i'd probably i know i'd probably go under rather than over but i i think i'd rather just invest in the astros for the total on this one Two later start times here, 907 Eastern. Mariners at the Angels got another A grade window with the Mariners last night as they won for us late. Got another A grade play on the Mariners tonight at 169 here. Robbie Ray versus Jose Suarez, pretty big starting pitcher edge for the Mariners. Ray's been pretty solid this season. As we talked about wanting to fade, we faded him a lot early on because people thought he was Cy Young caliber and, and those were some good results he had last year, but he was never that good. Uh, but then everyone kind of got off that train. We've been backing him a lot lately where he's been pitching better, and it's kind of like he's still decent. It's just he was never amazing, and then people all of a sudden thought he was bad. It's like he was never bad. He was just, the truth was always in the middle. The truth was always he's a good pitcher, not a great pitcher, and again, that's kind of where his rating stayed for the most of the season here. Good, not great. That 390 ERA is pretty accurate with how he is. Um, a good pitcher, Jose Suarez, not a good pitcher. Uh, 404 ERA underline metrics say it should be about a half run higher. He's not going to give you a lot of length, and that's bad news for the Angels. I'm going to turn it over to that terrible bullpen. Mariners, of course, bullpen great offense better than the Angels. I mean, the Mariners should have massive edges here all across the board. I'm comfortable playing them here at minus 169. It's an A grade play model, so it should be minus 181. 
That minus 170 number is about as high as I want to go for an A grade. If you're looking at more like minus 175, it drops to a B grade play. I still like the Mariners, but the premium is getting higher, and so it's losing a little bit of its value. Up to about minus 180 would be probably the max I go for a B play. And then once it gets over minus 180, all of a sudden, I'd still be on the Mariners, but again, it's lost all its value. That's where it would drop to a C play. So that's kind of how I play this one as the number moves throughout the day. Maybe we get a better number on the Mariners. We've seen more times than not, somehow, for some crazy reason, we've seen the prices get better on the Mariners as the day's gone on. And then they keep winning. So it's like people keep throwing their money away, fading the Mariners. I don't quite get it. Doesn't mean the Mariners win tonight. I know I'll probably feel like I'm a broken record saying that all the time. I know locks and gambling, but the Mariners... Probably win this game more or less about two out of three times at minus 169. It's a great investment, in my opinion. A great place for me on the Mariners. I love them most nights, and I love them again tonight here. They should have massive edges everywhere. Model said go over last night. Says go over again tonight. Model says 8.6. The total is actually 7.5. It'll be a nice night. About 80 degrees to start in low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing out about 10 miles an hour to start, dying down to about 5 miles an hour to finish. Kind of that standard night in Anaheim with the wind blowing out a little bit to start and then dying down. Model says there should be some runs here. Thinks the Mariners can score off of Suarez. Again, they've struggled against lefties. Uh, they, the, the projection was that they would struggle against lefties without Julio Rodriguez. Now with him back, they're still an above-average offense against lefties. So Model thinks they can score off of Suarez. I'm not sure how many the Angels score. That's kind of my problem with going over seven and a half. So I think the Mariners can get five runs. So maybe I'd look at Mariners team total over might be the play I would go here. They should score plenty of runs. And being the road team, they will for sure get nine at bats. So model says go over, but rather than game over, this would be the one team total that I think I like the most here is if you were going to play a total, take the Mariners team total over. So like I said, I just don't know how many the Angels score off of Ray. They could score a couple and help get the game over, but if they, if they score zero or one tonight, I wouldn't be that surprised that offense can really fall asleep at the wheel and raise a good enough pitcher to dominate such a subpar offense for the Angels. Last game tonight, Diamondbacks at the Giants, 945 Eastern first pitch. Couldn't get that big plus odds winner with the Diamondbacks last night. They kind of hung around, just uh, couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, tonight, it'll be Merrill Kelly versus Jacob Junis in a chilly night in San Francisco, low 60s for the most part. Wind's blowing out to start dying down, but again, a park that's built to minimize that wind effect. Kelly is fantastic. Yeah, we've loved backing this year. And I'll back him again tonight at a price of minus 102 with a B grade pick. Model says it should be minus 105. Model thinks the Diamondback should be favored. If you're around even money or plus odds, it's a B grade pick for me. Here, minus 102 is about as high as I want to go. Minus 103 maybe. But minus 105, uh, that's where the model says it should be. I'd still be on the Diamondbacks. But, you know, I really want close to even money on this one. It's a coin toss type game, but I give the slight edge to the Diamondbacks. So, again, I'm, I'm really hoping for around even money for this B great pick for you. That's why I get up minus 102, but it's getting as high as I want to go. I like Kelly. He's really good. Uh, he's been really good to us this year. He's been undervalued for the most part. I like him a lot more than Junis. I mean, that's the big edge the Diamondbacks have here is with regards to the starting pitcher. Junis, a 378 ERA, but again, a guy who's not going to go that deep. And that's going to really help us out because this Giants bullpen is terrible. Now, the Diamondbacks couldn't score any yesterday. You know, talked about Cobb being good, but that's the big problem with the Diamondbacks. You just never know what their offense is going to provide you. That's why it's only a B-grade pick. If they don't score, they're going to have a hard time winning. Uh, difference, of course, though, is, again, I think Kelly is a difference maker. Uh, Bumgarner actually talked about being just average to below average. Kelly being better, I think, can hold the Giants' offense down a little bit better than Bumgarner could. Model says eight. Total actually is eight, so it's a stay away for the total 
Giants offense is better, but that's the only edge they have in this game because Kelly being that much better than Junis, and again, as bad as the Diamondbacks relievers are, I think the Giants relievers are worse. I think minus 102 is a solid investment here on the Diamondbacks. Be great play for me on this one. So I'll recap the A plays for you. I've got four right now, and again, one pick to make later on Oakland and the Rangers. So I've got the A plays here. I've got the Yankees minus 165 at home against the Rays. I've got the Red Sox minus 132 at the Pirates. The Mets plus 132 at the Braves and the Mariners minus 169 at the Angels. That's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Picks with the Professor. Reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.